This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 214, brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy for a free trial in stock trades and iFanboy listeners like you, 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 and you, but not you on the left. The snow's coming down. I'm watching it fall. Watching the Bells in town, they're ringing us. 
podcast episode 214. I told them something funny that you're not going to hear before we started, but look how happy we are now. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. You don't even really want to hear it. That's the thing. It's best not. It's so we're not even started, and I can't get it. <laughs> oh, keep talking. FFBoy.com is about comic books. We started the website because we like comic books, and every week we all read our stack of them. And then one of us has a job with picking the one that they like best, the best one, and they write about it on the Pick of the Week review that goes up Wednesday night. And then we come here, we talk about it on the podcast, and other books from the week, and some questions, and some stuff, and other things, and, and whatever comes out. And uh, there you go. At the end of the show, there's going to be more giveaways. You're probably thinking, if you haven't won, how come I haven't won something yet? I'm guessing you probably will soon, because that's how how much stuff we're giving away. I fanboy does not guarantee that claim. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder, warning, this is a review show. So that means that in order to review something, we have to talk about what happened in it. And so therefore, we could spoil it for you. There may be some story details. There may be some things like that. And if you haven't read your books, you might want to hold off. I say dive right in. The water is fine and there are only a couple of sharks. Connor, yep. you had to pick. You know, we tend to pick a lot of number ones. We do. Comparatively, not like an overwhelming amount, but it's a pretty high that's, percentage. That's because we're from the USA. Number one. Number Woo. one. A number one. And I think one of those reasons is because there's a lot of thrill in discovery. There's a lot of thrill in finding something new and exciting. And that could be one reason why I stay single. Um, <laughs> and pick a lot of books, including Day Tripper number one. From Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. Uh, this is the that was newest. the most deadpan you've ever been, by the way. I mean, I was like, wow, you brought it way down. And then you just sent that one in under the radar, and it was a time bomb. Go. Oh, that's <laughs> Day Tripper number one from Gabriel Ba, Fabio Moon, the twin brothers from Brazil, who are mostly known as artists. But here they've written and drawn this series. It's a 10-issue miniseries from Vertigo. This was a totally unexpected book. First of all, I'd heard of it. I knew that they were doing a book, but that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about it. When I opened the first page, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know a setup. I didn't know characters. I didn't know plot lines. I didn't know anything. Love that. And, and that was a really nice experience to go in totally fresh and new and then to be totally enthralled in this world. And by the end of this one issue, you have this strong sense of character in place and, and the city and, and everything's alive in this book. And there's, it, it's enveloping, but it's not overwhelmingly enveloping. It's sort of sly about us because by the end of it, I was really into it, but didn't realize it was happening. You know? No, you get, you, you, I was totally lost in it. I was right yeah. with it. When it ended, I was completely lost in the world that they created and I didn't even see it happen. You know, yeah, you're out in the street wandering around. <laughs> what the hell am I? Four days later. It takes place in Sao Paulo, which is where the guys live. And it's about one man who just turned 32. It's his 32nd birthday, and i got to get his full name right. In the Raz. Back. I don't know how to pronounce Raz that. Raz de my, Olivia my, Domingos. Yep. My Portuguese oh, accent is not I'm going to call him Braz, even though there's an accent over the A. This is his 32nd birthday, and he's sort of having a, uh, an examination of his life and himself, and what, where he is, what, what point he's at, and is he happy, and is he, you know, what, what is he going to do with his life? And that, it was a very contemplative issue, and you, you really got, got inside this guy's head. I felt like by the end of the issue, you really had a good sense of this character. And then Josh gave a spoiler warning, but I don't know if I want to spoil the end. No, I will I, say I, don't. No, that's, I can understand that. Yeah, because the thing is that it's, it is the first issue, and, it, and it's, a, it's a limited series, right? And it's a 10-issue series. Yeah, yeah the summary is just to be it's highlighting, the, the, highlighting the, day, the most important days of a person's life. And I was trying to explain to somebody why it was good, and I couldn't. 
You know, like it was just like, it was just, it's just good. Read it. Trust me. That's all I could say. You know, And I think part of that is the way that they weave the story and how they introduce you to this main character and then take you, you know, the, the, it's the, the standard, you know, that's, I say standard and I'm not a writer. So what the fuck do I know? But it's the typical, it starts at the end and ends at the same point where it starts, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. So you, you, you know, you start off not knowing anybody, what's going on, who's what, and then they take you, you know, they take you back and fill you in on who it is. And then it ends, to, it ends on the scene that the book starts at. And by that time you've built up in such a short period of time too you built out such a connection to the character that when you know the end of the book happens it's it's sh- it's shocking that time shift is also punctuated by the color yes yep. you look at the beginning it's like the first half of the first page is like a sepia tone flashback and then yeah. yeah well that's that's his the examples of his uh the things he writes right. for dead people they're yep. called obituaries. obituaries. Thank you. And then behind him, it's all red in that one scene yeah. at the very beginning. And then it switches to that sort of greenish yellow color, which is the whole present throughout yeah. the book until yeah. they go back. And that's what you get with Dave Stewart. Anyway. Well, yeah. Well, that, I mean, it's funny because I've heard stories how the brothers don't. I, I heard this when they worked on Casanova. The brothers refused to have. They never wanted their work colored. They always wanted it, their work to be black and white, or you know, or one color, like it wasn't when they worked on Casanova. And it wasn't until Umbrella Academy when they worked with Dave Stewart, when they kind of got forced to work with Dave Stewart, where they're like, oh, this is how coloring works, you know. And now they'll only work with Dave Stewart. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a good client list. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Let's talk about the art. I thought the art was one of the strong points of it, and it didn't look like either one of the guys' typical style. You know, it didn't look like Casanova. Casanova's much more cartoony, and yeah. it didn't look like Umbrella Academy, which is also much more cartoony. This had a much more realistic look to it. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't really know who did what. Yeah. It's just listed as by the two guys. The website lists them in each role, but I think it's a, I think it's really a collaboration on both ends. But yeah, I mean, it says you know, chapter one, thirty two by Fabio uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. I put them together there by <laughs> Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Yeah, no, they, they, you know, and I kind of wouldn't be surprised because their styles are a little similar. If you look I at can't, the, I don't know the difference. If I can, yeah, I don't know the difference when I'm talking to them. But know that. Yeah, as we found out the hard way. But they, they didn't know. They didn't know a word you were saying. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, their styles are similar enough that I could totally see them jamming probably together on art chores as well. You know, handing, I could picture them handing each other pages and and tweaking and stuff like that. The, these guys are amazing. If you step back and look at it, I mean, this as of now, they have worked for. Image, Dark Horse, and now DC. Mm-hmm. All they gotta do is work for Marvel next. You know, like you know, it's fascinating to see how prolific they've been in such a short period of time. Yeah, and they've been huge. Like yeah. it's, I feel like they're they're the the guys that everybody kind of wants to work with now. Yeah. And one of the uh, things that was impressive about this was that we we've all we knew going into this they're great artists. The art is the only thing in Casanova I really liked, and I, and I love the art in Umbrella Academy. And the impressive thing was the story matched the art in this. Yeah. And as great as the art was, it really was the story that drew you in, and really the story was affecting you. And by the end, it really is the story that punches you in the gut. And I don't know if it was because I'm the same age as the main character, and and he thinks about the same stuff you think about in your birthday, and I thought about it just like a, you know a couple months ago, and I can relate a lot to what he's thinking, and and all of, all that goes along with it, but. It's just something really powerful about this issue. Yeah. I'll tell you what, he did three pages of Fantastic Dog. <laughs> this has been the year of the dog in comics, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I can only think of crypto, well, but the, there the was brief, too. The brief, the brief synopsis of the issue is that this guy, this is his birthday. He's obituary writer for the paper. He really wants to be a novelist, but doesn't really work on his novel. He's got a very famous writer as a father, and he feels like he's in his shadow. And then his father's having a gala in his honor on the same day as his birthday, and nobody's paying attention to his birthday. And so there's a lot of uh, eternal struggle about who he the, is and his identity in, in this yeah. issue. 
And the thing about that is, like, the way that Connor just explained it to you, it seemed like it would all be very clear, but it isn't. You kind of have to pick up all of those things as you're reading it. They don't really come out with any of that stuff. They just sort of hint at it. Like, he has he never He never says it. It's, it comes out in the dialogue. He never flat yeah. out says, I'm, I feel inadequate. You have to pick that up from this conversation. It's very, it's, it's very organic in that way. It's one of the things that really impressed me about it um, is that at the beginning you are lost a little bit. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. But by the end, it's all clear as day. I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's written and, and this came up a little bit on the website is that people were like, well, it wasn't written all that well. And it was like, these guys don't speak native is their English language. So I sort of, I heard it as a Brazilian telling me a story in English it, like, like, I don't know if I heard it with an accent or heard it with it, but yeah. it made it sort of authentic to me. Like, it felt, it's fa- you know. It's fascinating. I'm, I mean, look at the cover and the, the signature on the cover. The art signature is Gabriel Ba. But then on the last page in the bottom corner, it says Fabio. Mm-hmm. This well, is really the only thing. It looks very much more like Gabriel Ba. That, that looks like Umbrella Academy style. Yeah. Whereas the inside doesn't at all. Yeah. The inside really feels like a collaboration between the two guys. It really does. It's amazing. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just inferring yeah. what I see, but that's really what it looks like. Why wasn't this a dollar? Vertigo's been doing that whole first issue dollar thing. I wanted this one to be a dollar so I could give maybe, pe- people no excuse to read it. Maybe after they've done it several times, it wasn't worth it. But they're doing the Grant Morrison one as a dollar. Well, then they can't lose, have the loss on the two books. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I just, it, this is the kind of book that I want to hand, like in the store, I want, uh, well, on Wednesday, I was telling people, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, trust me. You know me. what? This yeah. is the kind of book that if you're going to hand it to people, you can only hand it to people who are already buying regular weekly comics, and after that, you really have to wait for the trade paper. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's going to be, it's a 10-part it's a story, and I have a feeling you're going to have to read the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and and and, and oh, and, totally. And it's going to, it's, it's going to, you're not going to know the, I mean, you don't know what the overall story of Day Tripper is. By the way, I kept typing Day Trippers whenever I wrote my review. <laughs> Great movie. I think it's going to get somewhat supernatural. I think it has to. Really? Yep. I don't think so. I think it's just going to be. I don't think. I think it's just a story of a, of a guy. Celebration of days days of his life. Well, the thing happened to him, but we'll see. Yeah. It was well, great, though. I, 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 but I, but what, I, what I was saying was I think we're not going to know what the overall theme of it is until you get to the end. I think you're going to okay. have these days of his life, and then at the end you're going to realize the, the story these days are telling. Yeah. Um, but I think it was it was a beautifully done. It was beautiful. It was well, it was a, it was a, it was a yeah, stereotypical Brazilian beauty. Everything is beautiful. Yeah, I love Brazil. Hands down, this was my pick of the week as well. I mean, like it, and it was funny because I sat down with my stack of books this week, and I thought with the, with a couple of exceptions, there was nothing I was really excited about. And I started off reading my books, like kind of un, like kind of annoyed at it being a bum week. And, you know, I'd almost make the argument that if Day Tripper hadn't come out, you know, if Day Tripper come out on another week, you know, more popular or more, you know, bigger deal books might have gotten in the way of it. So it came out on the right week. But then also, even though I thought it was a bum week. I don't think that's true at all. Hang on. Let me finish the thought. Even though I thought it was a bum week, it was actually a really solid week. It was a really strong week. There's a lot of good stuff. And so I was kind of, I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of books this week. Let me tell you about, I'm reading New Avengers Annual. And I open it up and I start going through it and I think to myself, I do not like this art yeah. at all. Mike Mayhew. Yeah, no, I, and I was not down with it. However, I am not made of stone. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the end of it, I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot about the art. And I may even like the art a little bit at the end yeah. because I was having too much fun with this issue to know otherwise. This is going to be my favorite Avengers issue in forever. Now, I'm not going to say why. <laughs> I don't well, know. We talked about it last week with the other annual, and I think this was just as good as that one. And the yep. last two annuals have been great. Against all odds, especially what we've been talking about the last year, I am psyched for Siege. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with this issue. By the time you get to the last page, I was fist pumping. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I, I really am I'm, I'm feeling like I'm like, okay, it's time to make the Clint Barton move now. Yeah. Well, very that's, that's, soon. 
And I was like, and I was this whole time I was kind of reading it with this anticipation, like maybe it'll happen in here. What move? Back to Hawkeye. Oh, he's yeah. not doing that. He's going to be Ronan. I already I found that out. Okay. Just no, I'm kidding. Do I have no inside information. I'm just teasing. I know. I know. You were told, don't, do, don't do that. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that like, and I can detach myself. People ask me all the time. They're like, well, what if, what if they ruin Hawkeye? And I'm like, I really don't care. But when I do read a good Hawkeye story and it's, and it's cool, I'm like, oh, oh, this is fun. And it was a little silly from the, the idea that those girls could go and break into everything and that would be it. I'm so sick of the Sentry being the, the cleanup guy. Yep. That's really annoying me. But I liked the rest of the scenes. I liked that they were torturing Clint. And, Did I mean, you like the flashback, the mind flashback page? Yeah. That page I liked, beautiful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Did they need um, to? Did, they, did he need to be naked while they were torturing him? That's yes. I no, I, yeah. I thought it was perfect because that's the thing is they were completely taking him down. Yeah. And I love that. I love that when he did it, you thought that's really stupid. Yeah. When it, when he whenever it was that he took off for there, and this time he was like, that was really stupid. And he, he I mean, Bendis kind of cleaned everything up a little simply, but I'm fine with it because I wanted him to because I thought it was a dumb decision and like he's gonna go kill Norman Osborn or whatever. But then the other thing that I really liked about this one is that they destroyed Steve Rogers' house. Yeah, I know. I was, I, like, know yeah. I was like, wow, that's a big deal. <laughs> and it was almost an afterthought in an annual. I was like, yeah. you need to read this if you've been reading all this stuff because you're gonna miss stuff if you do. Yeah, this is a if you're an Avengers reader and you didn't pick this up this is a must read for numerous reasons i feel like we could talk about the last page because we, we did the same thing last week well we have to yeah we already talked the about the same last week. page and the yeah. reason why i was so psyched was because they, the girls all the female avengers go and rescue clint from the clutches of the dark avengers and meanwhile the house gets destroyed his, his brooklyn building which is really really valuable and, these and, days. <laughs> jessica jones yeah by the way. she dons her costume, her costume again and she says i might keep doing this jewel's back and then at the end, they're sort of regrouping, and they say, what are we going to do now? And then Steve Rogers appears in his Captain America costume. Yep. Well, no, what I thought was great was that outfit, and he says, we're taking down Norman Osborn. And that's when I pop my fist for two reasons. One, Steve's back in his costume. And two, it's metaphorical because they'll be ending all the Norman Osborn stories. Yeah, that's true. Yes. I thought I thought it was great how they brought him in, how Bucky you know, kind of takes his, his mask off and just goes, oh, man, Steve, Steve's going to kill me. And it just oh, he said Steve Rogers yeah, is going to kill me. Steve That's Ro- what threw me off. That oh, that line threw me off because it's like I wouldn't be talking to Josh and say, "Man, Ron Richards is going to be so mad." Yeah, mm. yeah. And you then, know, but, uh, but I thought, well, it, but I did, I did like I did like the off page that well, I'm not thrilled, you know. And then you turn the page and there he is pointing at you. It was, oh, it was great. It was really I, good. You know, the, I think the thing is, this shows me. Uh, this is what I'm learning about Bendis and Marvel is that I like when he does character study stuff, but I feel like he's been doing it for a long, 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 long time. And like he's finally getting to move the plot forward on this thing. And it's so, it's so much more satisfying. Because yeah. we haven't really had any plot movement on, uh, what are we in, the Dark Reign? Yep. Nothing's yep. happened. Yep. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. And now something, you know, like it's just, and it's the same complaint that we had about Secret Invasion. I think all of us, I can say that. But when the things move, hey, it's a good time. You know, and, yep. and you might complain, you might think, oh, it's too early for Steve Rogers. But to see him, I was like, whoo, it's Steve Rogers. <laughs> Yep. And the other thing is, he was supposed to come back a long time ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, like two so, weeks ago. No, no. What I mean is, the original, <laughs> original Brubaker story had him only dead for a couple of issues. Right, yeah. You know, you guys know, and people listening who have been listening, they know I'm not a continuity stickler. Yep. They blew this. Oh, big time. I mean, like, like they just, I mean, like, I'm like, that's really, that's terrible. That the book that you hyped that it was supposed to happen and it didn't happen in it. Yep. Weren't you on the show last week? He was. Yeah. We had I didn't get to the conversation last week. 
No, but I, I, th- he, I think he, and he read this issue and molded yes. over. And yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you've come around. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing because I know we always say it doesn't matter. Read the books. It's a story. You can piece it together yourself. But for something as this and with all the hype that they did, they blew it. I would. I mean, well, like, we, we know they blew up. The thing is, they have no choice but to blow it. And the same thing happened this week in Invincible Iron Man. He apparently showed up in that one too, and now yeah. in the costume. So yes, he did. There's nothing they can do. They yeah. have to blow the, it because the they cats can. out of the bag. Yeah, and I All actually respect that. Yeah. They had yeah. to make the choice, and they went with it. And I think that's a better thing than stalling. I mean, imagine and having DC's a doing that with issue. Flash too. They have yeah. to. They yeah. have to just move forward with those two characters. DC probably waited a little too long, but yeah. These Aryans so screwing everything up. <laughs> it's a really, a really similar book. Was phonogram. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not in any way true. So uh, <laughs> going to get mad at me, but this is my least favorite issue. No, it's okay. I can see that. I, 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 I didn't really like this very much at all. Well, because well, because this one, this one was pretty out there. But this one was pretty. I mean, well, like, it's because it went off script. And the whole thing I liked about the series yeah. was that it's, it was focusing on the club and the night at the club and seeing that night from different angles. And now we suddenly we've totally left that. And well, no, I, th- I mean, this is. I mean, this, I mean, well, this is the second to last issue. This is issue six of seven. This one focuses on the character Lloyd, and it picks up where the last issue left off at when he, you know, angrily ends up at home by himself, and he, you know, full of ideas and full of, you know, full of his, you know, his plan and. He sits down and starts putting together his plan, and that's when it goes out of the sequential art and into the into the zine like you know kind of kind of stuff, which had great writing, you know. And well, I liked, uh, yeah. I liked it yeah. from a standpoint of it was interesting. And yeah. I liked I liked the fact that in the middle it was basically a zine yeah. done by this guy. But the thing is, I liked the story that was happening before. And I liked the, the series. Yeah. I don't necessarily care yeah. about what's happening here. I'm curious to see how it wraps up in the seventh issue, how it all works together, how you know how they're going to tie together all these characters you know because they're all loosely tied every character is loosely tied to another somehow and you know i'm kind of curious to see what the last issue is going to bring and how it right how it wraps up and how the actions of this scene you know you know because it, it, this is building towards something there's only one more issue it's got to go somewhere but i could i could see i could see the complaint this one was very it was light on sequential art and it was also very focused on story potentially not in of the things that we love about it you, you said one issue left but so at this point you should know what the story is yeah, right. You yeah. don't. And the thing is, when it was just a club, that was the story. It was this night at the club from different yeah. everybody's perspective. And now we've apparently got a plot that started in the sixth issue. Yeah. So, or the end of the fifth, the last couple of pages of the fifth into the sixth, and really, you should be in, you should be almost over by then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll of course, because you know, because I love the I love the book, and it's better than anything else that's out there. I'll wait till the last issue to decide. But I, I, I do see those complaints. I, I think they're valid. That said, though, of all the of all the phonogram issues that have come out to date. Musically, specifically, this one freaked me out the most because Los Campesinos and Camera Obscura were the main yeah. bands, and I was just like, "Oh!" Like even the even the the title, of the the character's name is Lloyd, and the issue is called "Ready to Be Heartbroken." That's a Camera Obscura song, and there's a whole thing on Los Campesinos, and it's just like, "Oh, it's getting too close." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I mean, and it's tough because I know, and and McKelvey tweeted it the other day, like he's finishing up issue six, and after that, there'll be no no more phonogram, and that makes me sad. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a tough blow, and the same day that issue came out, yeah. when he said there would be no, never be a third unless some sort of miracle happened. So yeah. Yeah. he's very uh, coy about it. Yeah, it there will be no third volume. <laughs> if, so. only, if only Coppola had said that. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, who are the young upstart creators behind the new pilot season at Top Cow? <laughs> well, so the first Top Cow pilot season <laughs> books comes out, and it's uh, this one's called Murderer. And it's written by Robert Kirkman, and it's con- conceived by Mar- him, uh, Kirkman and Silvestri, but with <laughs> he put some notes on the script, but with, pe- yeah. with and a cover by Silvestri, but with the pencils by Nelson Blake the second. And I picked this up because I was curious and you know uh, about it, and I'm always curious about the pilot season. And this year, the whole pilot season theme is going to be all around Kirkman and Silvestri creating things. I really like this a lot. 
actually. I thought it was a different kind of Kirkman that I wasn't kind of used to. It was a little more serious, a little more, you know, kind of um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't you know, I'm not just a silly guy. You know, I didn't think. He makes Jeff Johns look lazy. Yeah, he does. And I thought Nelson Blake's art was really good. I thought it had a very, um, you know, kind of clean line kind of style that, you know, which I'm a big fan of. I saw a little bit of Otley at times, but I also saw a little bit of Gary Frank and a little bit of um, like people, people like that. I don't. Know, it's at the end of the at the, at the end of the issue. I I found it really interesting. The, the the premise is is that it's a it's a guy who is a telepath who can hear everyone's thoughts. And for some reason, the only way that he can focus, the only way he can deal with it, is by focusing on somebody who deserves to die and then killing them. Hence the title. He's like, he's like Dexter, Josh. Yeah, kind of Dextery. Yes, kind of Dextery. Um, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I'd say that's what I would do. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm not even telepathic. I'm surprised I haven't done it yet. But- <laughs> I killed the hobo. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah, that was the thing. He was, he was deserved. Dirty. It. That's all. That's all I know. But, but was, trying to steal Josh's beans. But, but what was interesting was that the character did. You know, he found a girl who's being abused by her boyfriend, and he follows her home and kills her boyfriend. And he happens to kill the boy. The boyfriend happens to be in some shady business, and he's got a bag of money in a safe that that is that is you know not legit. And so she to thank him, she hands him the money, and he gives the money to a guy who tried to mug him earlier in the issue. So the character has redeeming qualities. Like the character's not all bad, even though he's you know murdering. Similar to Dexter, I guess I didn't put the Dexter connection in, and now that you said it, it's like fuck. This is just Dexter, but it's like it's like if Dexter was a telepath. That's all it is. And didn't um, have a terrible supporting cast. Yeah. Oh, awful, awful. Ooh. Anyway, but yeah, no, I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I, I thought, it, like I said, it surprised me. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, and, and it kind of, and I got to the end of the first issue, and I realized I'm like, oh crap, I'm got to wait for the second issue now because we got to, you know. I thought I'd pick it up, but then I thought I'd wait for the other pilot season books that were supposed to come out to come out. Okay. Are they late or? I don't think they've come out at all. No, this is the first one, right? I know what you're saying. You're talking about the ones that won. That yes. Haven't oh, I see. Right. I got you. The there previous are, pilot season ones. Yeah. There are there are many of those. Yeah, you're yes. right. Yeah. It was Joe Casey was going to do one. Yeah. But four years ago. Yeah. I forgot about those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> remember the really good ones we read last year? Twilight Guardian. and. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, talked about them on the video show, too, didn't we? Yeah. The whole show about them. Yeah. They're real good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait for those. Ouch. Well, then. <laughs> Keep waiting. Well, I gave it a shot. I liked it. Hopefully. <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Take us back to old-timey Russia. I remember Stalin. I remember him <laughs> well. Second issue of Black Widow number two. I think it followed the first one in the same way that going back through her history was a lot more fun than the stuff that was happening now. The art thing bothers me to no end. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is that I want an entire issue by John Paul Leon in this telling this story. But seriously, wasn't the best part of this like the love triangle stuff between oh, yes. Stark and Barton and Natasha? And I was just, it was great. Yeah, uh, and it was I just I, I had a lot of fun reading this actually. This was this was a really really strong week for Paul Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he had a lot of books this week. Yeah, he had a lot of books. His, uh, Black Widow: Deadly Origin was, was really good. I mean, the writing was good. The art is bothers me. Dark X Men number two came out as well. It's also a second issue week for him too. Black Widow number two, Dark X-Men number two. And Dark X-Men, despite the Rolling Stone references, I really enjoy it as well. And he's working with Leonard Kirk on it. So it's, you know, if you enjoyed Captain Britain and you like the X-Men, then this book is totally up your alley. But like, you know, even with these characters who I don't really give a crap about, you know, Mystique and Mimic and the Dark Beast and and this Omega guy. And now that they've brought back X-Man from the 90s, the the Nate Gray character. But after I finished the issue, I'm like, that was really good. It was just really, really solid. I, w- I was happy to happy to see that, 
And then over in Nation X, number one, the four-issue kind of anthology book that Mar- that Marvel's doing around the, the current X-Men thing, a bunch of small stories. And Leonard Kirk also did the pencils on, not with Paul Cornell, though, but he did pencils for one of the stories that was just really, really good as well. Like, I really like this one. There's a Mike Allred story in it. Yeah, so it was, and there was a great, great Iceman story. Weren't we just talking about Iceman a couple weeks ago? About how he doesn't Possibly. do anything. Yeah. So the, the Iceman story in here, basically, he's the only source of water on the island. Uh, Chris Yost <laughs> wrote it. And it's, it's a great take on Iceman. And it's like, it's like several days in the life of Iceman. And, and like they go through his, you know, he's talking about how life is great. And how he's like, you know, 9 a.m., go to the X-Men meeting, you know, make fun of, Na- make fun of Namor. You know, and then like hit on Dazzler. And like it's him making jokes. And Chris Yost is playing up the kind of fun-loving Bobby Drake. And there's a on, you know subplot of him making fun of Namor at every chance he gets, and Namor wanted to kill him, and you know, but then it gets really serious. But Yost did a great job r- fleshing out Iceman as a character who we haven't seen really you know do anything in years. So um, that it was just a it was like one surprise after another after another, you know, from Paul Cornell to to these X Men stuff that I was I was pleasantly surprised. I feel like Iceman would be such an easy character to grab onto and do something with. Yeah. Although in my mind, he doesn't seem much different to me than than like Johnny Storm. I think that's in my, his my the character in my head is almost the same right. well the last time they did anything with him was when in the early 2000s when he was kind of sleeping with mystique and i think she was pushing him or no emma frost is pushing bobby to to use his powers differently and he became he got all he realized he controlled moisture and 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 it, it basically took it beyond just that ice man with a on a ice slide you know kind of yeah. version that we've seen but then after that nobody's done anything with him and this is just a little eight page story but it got the char- the tone of the character down it was funny it was poignant it showed his importance in the x men shows importance you know at his role being able to control water as well as the history of being an X-Man, you know, like it was really. You could good. just travel through Saharan Africa and, and yeah. spread water. Yeah, but Why yeah, no. Do that, Ron. I don't know. I don't, I'll ask him. But yeah, no, it was great. It was great to read great stuff by Paul Cornell, and then also with this X-Men stuff that I didn't. I totally went. And that's the thing. Like I said earlier, I totally went into it thinking it was going to suck. I was like, whatever, you know. But it was good. <laughs> what? <laughs> but you bought it anyway. I bought it anyway. Yeah, so that was good. But you know what else I would buy? I would buy no. an audiobook if I could. And I would buy an audiobook from Audible because Audible is the best place online to buy audiobooks. You can download them to your iPod or any device that you can listen to uh, listen to music on. You can download. They not only do they have audiobooks, but they've got podcasts, they've got uh, speeches, they've got all anything that's audio entertainment. You can get at Audible. They've got over sixty thousand titles across all genres, including you know fiction, nonfiction, history, you know romance, science fiction, whatever you want. Um, so if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy, you can sign up there and get a free audiobook and then get a fourteen day trial. It's the holidays. Treat yourself to an audiobook. Get a little book learning on you. Some people say they refer to listening to audiobooks as reading. I, I don't do that, but I, I don't, I'm not against it. So it's not reading. Yeah, they say I, re- I read that book. You know, and it's like, well, you read it. Oh. Well, no, I listened to it on audio, Audible. But still. okay, this is a semantic argument that we don't need to get into. And you know, <laughs> Connor, can't I believe can't you, be good for the sponsor. I believe you made a pick. My Audible pick is American on Purpose: The Improbable Adventures of an Unlikely Patriot by Craig Ferguson. The late night talk show host comedian. It's seven hours and twenty four minutes long. That's a lot of entertainment. So he's very funny, and he's reading it. Oh, it would better. probably be very fun. So you can get that for free. Sign up and you can get it for free. You get one credit. Just go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy. You can get that for free. And it's it's almost eight hours of entertainment. Doesn't get better than You know that. what else you get for free is when you sign up, you get a free credit every month for a book. Oh nice, even better. So you get a free book every month. Lovely. My pick of the week, had I been given the uh, opportunity, and I'm sure it would have disappointed everybody, um, <laughs> was uh, BPRD War on Frogs number four. I don't know if you guys have – at some point basically in the last year or two, I jumped on BPRD. I just started reading it. 
following my own advice, as it were. <laughs> Apparently, there's a big backstory, and if you've read the whole thing, it'll make it better. But I've been enjoying it pretty pretty well along the way because there's lots of really good craftsmanship going on it. And this is War on Frogs has just sort of been coming out here and there, and this is the fourth issue. But it's a single story on its own. Johan, Johan's the ghost in the glass sort of fishbowl head, and he's a telepath. It's, it's a story about him, and they go in and they kill a bunch of frogs, which is kind of what they do. If they were the Ghostbusters, the frogs would be the, the Slimers. <laughs> and they finish killing the frogs, and they look, and Johan looks, and there are these ghost frogs everywhere. And they're just like, what do we do now? And they follow him around, and he can't figure out how to get rid of them. And it's just like a single-issue ghost story. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a one-issue tale. It's, it's just really well done, and I, just, I put it down. I finished, and I was like, that's how you do a single-issue. And it's such a thing that we don't see it that often. So when it's done really well, like when just one issue of a comic book is done really well, I stand up and take notice. Art on this one was by Peter Snayberg, who you may remember from the first few issues of The Mighty and later issues of Starman. One of my favorites very much. And Dear Billy last year also, or earlier Snare, this year. Snareberg. It's Snayberg. That's no, no, nowhere near as fun as Snergebeard. I, I know. Snergebeard. <laughs> really just a fantastic issue, though. Uh, you could. Uh, what I'm saying, though, is that if you were thinking about that, you could go pick up this one issue. You'll get it. You'll be fine and just start reading. I know it seems like it's number four, or, and it, which is also which is number 63 in a series. And you think, oh, I don't know, but just it's good. And just, just trust me on this one. Really fantastic single issue. Uh, cool. Just a ghost story, if nothing else. Things I can do without in Avenger Comics number five. All of the DC editorial staff drawn in a comic book. I loved that. <laughs> it was such a throwback. It was. It really was. The whole, book, the whole book is about that. I did chuckle when I saw it. When I see, seeing Mike Carlin and Eddie Braganza and all bunch of, bunch of the other, other editors and people who work at DC, it was, it was kind of funny. It did get a little long. I thought the meta, the meta stuff, did, the reality stuff did get a little long, but that's this whole story has. Things I could do with the next chapter of the Superboy story with Manipole art. Yep. Oh, God. I didn't even expect that. I, re- I thought this whole issue was going to be Superboy Prime. And then I turned the page and saw the Superboy's Manipole stuff, and I got so happy. That was a great <laughs> little piece. That was a great piece, and the cliffhanger was great. But, but my favorite page in this whole thing was when they were trashing the DC offices. Yeah. The double-edged sword with the drawing a real person is the facial expressions. And there's one guy running from the disaster who looks very, very calm. I see it. I'm looking at it. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, oh, these, these superheroes just crash through our office window. I'm just going to be out here. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but this, this, they used to do that all the time in the old yeah. Silver Age sales. They used to always, the real offices were always trashed. It happened to Marvel, it happened to DC. Yeah, it happened um, a lot to Marvel, yeah. Did you like oh. the little the little journey through all the colors for Superboy Prime? I understood why, but it, I, I think the story was long. Yeah, I think that's, that's that's for sure. It was long. Uh, I liked the Manipal stuff a lot, and I liked the cliffhanger was great. It was totally unexpected, and uh, they have how many issues? One left? Yeah, one I, left. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. When John's Manipal issue left? Yeah, so good, so wonderful. Punisher Max uh, Two was. Uh, <laughs> Was uh, fucked up. <laughs> it reminded. This is this is this is the closest that uh, the feeling I get from reading this book is how it felt when I was watching Oz. Yeah, that's what it I felt can see like. That. Yeah, this is the closest book I have ever read to somebody doing Garth Ennis style. Yes, and I don't. I don't mean that as a knock because I don't feel like he was ripping off Garth Ennis. I just thought that Jason Aaron tapped. I like this issue a lot more than the first one. That should be said. I just felt like he tapped into whatever weird thing it is that Garth Ennis can do, and he did it really well. And and to that point, I uh, my only concern about it is I wonder if having working with Dylan is doing him a disservice because Dil, Dil, so. Dylan is so associated to Ennis, 
in you know in everything that he's done from preacher to the punisher run and all stuff like that that as i'm reading it i almost you're right it was very close to what ennis is doing i'm wondering if there was a different artist if it would be more of his own i don't know i just yeah. think and i don't want to say don't I don't get me wrong, it was just, great it was good i don't think he was doing ennis's style it it was the that intangible quality that that ennis can do that had a little bit like his characterization was very strong yep but the events that happened were also very extreme. Yeah, I mean it was disturbing, uh, disturbing. Which is yeah. which is which is really exactly why scalped is good. So it makes sense to me. Sure. I don't know if it, I mean that's just reminding. I mean that's that's their trap. He's working with Steve Dillon, so yeah, They're right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I just wonder. And not that. And I don't. Maybe disservice is too strong of a word. But just I, I don't know. I, just, I, I think if it was a different artist, it might be a little more you know unique or individual. It wouldn't remind me of Dillon. You know. If I was trying to do a new original thing, I wouldn't have put Dylan on this book. But if I'm trying to sell books, yeah, true. I love my favorite pa- my favorite page, my favorite panels when he goes to get revenge on the, the guy in prison who gang raped him. When he goes to the guy's wife and he's just sitting in the chair, and then he lifts up the Polaroid camera and takes the picture. <laughs> like, <laughs> facial expression fa- never changes. You know, your, like. your favorite that one. <laughs> yeah, That's- Walking Dead sixty eight. Let's uh, quickly put that behind us. Yeah, that's a good call. This, I don't. Neither of you guys are reading this in issues. Basically, in this one, a creepy guy shows up. Okay. And if you're if you've been reading this, if you've been reading along with this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, a creepy guy shows up, and it looks like they're going to get off the road for a while, which is what needs to happen. And so, because of that, it was fun. It was it was a really it was a good issue, and it, I felt like it was. It was time for a little turn of events and some things to happen, and Kirkman put it in there exactly at the right time. Not only did Creepy Guy show up, but I think Creepy Guy has a creepy twin. Was he Vigo Mortensen? Uh, could have been. No, cre- no, Vigo can't smile, smile like that. Okay. He was somebody else, but I don't have time to think of a good casting okay. for it. Right. Well, all the way on the other side from Walking Dead and the Punisher Max is DC Universe Holiday Special 2009, which I love these holiday specials. I was so disappointed when the Marvel one was half reprints and in magazine format, like $9. Yeah. That was, that was too bad. But the DC one is, is traditional. It's comic size. It only cost five bucks. It was like 80 pages. And it had people like Sterling Gates wrote a story. And Fred Van Lente wrote a good Martian Manhunter story. And, and Howard Chaykin drew an enemy story. And Billy Tucci wrote and drew a Sergeant Rock story. And it was, you I, know, I was, was surprised at Fred Van Lente because I don't remember him doing DC before. I don't think he's exclusive to Marvel. I just think he's I know, working. But he just, yeah, yeah. You, you just associate him with Marvel because that's what yeah, he does. yeah. Amy Wolfram did a Flash story. It was, you know, it was just really, you know, it's it's what it is. It's a very heartwarming, and I saw, I saw people calling it like sappy and, and saccharine, but that's what it is. You go yeah. into it knowing that. You either buy it and know that's what that's, you're going to get. That's why you don't have Jason Aaron doing your DC holiday special. <laughs> Although that would be awesome. I bet you he'd, I bet you he'd do a good one because he's like the nicest man on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. He's a big teddy bear. Uh, the Marvel holiday special. I try think, hugging him. The Marvel holiday stuff. I think is going to be online on digital, and I think there's a uh, Stanley Fantastic Four story with with stuff by Nick Dragota, who is a great artist doing doing Kirby kind of stuff. And it looks really pretty, but it's online. It's you awesome. know what I like? You know how you always uh, you know listen to the Todd. Um, the Todd. Who the fuck is Todd? Uh, <laughs> Todd. The, the, the Tom versus the the JLA podcast. You just talk about how the Justice League was like a corporation or yep. a company. Well, I love the JLA Christmas party. Oh yeah, because it's like they have the awkward banner hanging in the satellite, and they have like a, the present exchange and the Secret Santa. It's very yeah. much like a corp- like an awkward job. Were there were there rules? There's there's always there's, there's, there's always rules. Yeah, there's always <laughs> was there was there paperwork to be filled out. <laughs> it's always like that, and then actually it continues on with because it's Dick Grayson Batman in this one. He's like, well, you can't change your person. I've already been bought my gift. Like you know, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> really. <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's so really it's so it. classic JLA. That's awesome. That's I, want I want to have Connor explain it to me though. That... <laughs> uh, yeah, he wants to switch with he wants to switch with Dick and and he won't because Wally because he's got he doesn't want to buy a gift for somebody else and it's just it's just it's just very you know incongruous and funny and yeah. heartwarming. Happy holidays. Enjoy your DC holiday special. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. You can see all the books that came out this week and rate and review them. Do your pull lists and all that fun stuff. And so on to the user reviews. And Connor, why don't you give us the first one? Leonard from Batgirl number... Leonard from Batgirl number four. <laughs> like it's a city in Oklahoma. <laughs> Leonard reviewed Batgirl number four. He gave the story a five out of five. The art of four out of five. And 11.7% of the ifanboys made it their pick of the week. This was like the third highest picked book. Wow. And it, they were right. Leonard says, this book is immersed in the Bat world, stays true to Gotham and the Bat fan without being derivative or codependent. The elevator pitch, Ultimate Spider-Man set in the world of Batman and Robin. It has that USM humor and sass, forehead slap, and there's a panel joke with Damien that almost made me piss my pants, the omen. This issue explores a lot of the personal dynamics between Oracle, Batman, Batgirl, and Robin. And this was the runner-up pick of the week. This was a great issue. This was an issue, if you've all been curious about the book, you should pick up. It's a starting point of a new arc. They explain everything. Damien and, and Dick Grayson Batman show up and Brian K. Miller is the writer of this. He wrote a great Damien and uh, Damien of course hates the new Batgirl. <laughs> of course. He, he wants to kill her. What, what doesn't he like? He's like Dwight. Yeah, he doesn't like fun at all. It's awful. Yeah. Anyway. It was really good. Really strong issue. Really, really strong issue. Pick it up. All right. Our next review comes from Cubman987, who reviewed Amazing Spider-Man number 614. And he gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 2 out of 5. And at the time of this review, 0.60% of you made it your pick of the week. And Cubman987 says, the art is still inconsistent for me in this issue. I kind of like the old school take on Spider-Man, but the rest of the art is either just okay or not that well done. I especially disliked how Peter and Betty were drawn at the end of the issue. It just didn't work for me. Overall, I really like the issue. It's not the best issue of Amazing Spider-Man I ever read, but it ended this arc on a high note and a serious impact on this Amazing Spider-Man universe. And ah, we're gonna ah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna argue the art conversation stuff first. But damn, the end of this issue got me. Like I, well, I was like I was like they went there. I couldn't believe it's, it. It's a good it's a good week for damage control. Yeah, yeah. tell me about it. Jeez, um, bad week for property value in the Marvel universe. But in this issue, Daily Bugle building was destroyed along with. Captain America's building in, in, in the other book, but uh, yeah, they, they they basically destroy the Daily Bugle. There, there's a, there's a two page spread of you know Spider Man and J Jonah running out of the building, and then a half a page panel of the building crumbling, and then the next page which I thought was brilliant was black with one panel with J Jonah just staring at the rubble. I thought that was great, page. and it was like the view from the rubble, so you just see Jonah looking at it, and of course Spider Man's you know he's carrying Dexter Bennett, and he's handing him to the paramedics and that sort of thing. But that page was just a, a punch in the gut. It was oh, it was amazing. Now on the art side, I love the art. I think Paul Azzetta should draw Spider Man whenever they get him. I, I'm with you. I'm with you right I've there. Been, the last two issues I thought have been spectacular, and like it's one. They were one of those issues. As I was reading them, I was so happy with the art that I wanted to tweet out on every single page. Like, yep. have you have you seen what he is doing with Spider Man right now? Amazing. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, the next, the, uh, Fred Valente is up next with Javier Peluda, who's a similar style. Yeah. Peluda is uh, very similar to uh, your man. Oh, Ross Martin. It's Javier yeah. Peluto. I thought it was yeah. Brian Peluto. No, and I was like, "That's an interesting choice." <laughs> the guy? Yeah, the Lady Death guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and tell everybody what you thought of this week's comics. And in stock tra- huge boobs. <laughs> and in stock trades, you can get your trades for support up to thirty seven percent off. You get free shipping on orders over fifty dollars, with over fifty four hundred trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. Anytime you want. New releases are listed every Wednesday, and orders usually ship within 48 hours from www.instocktrades.com. Oh, we didn't mention uh, Red Herring number uh, number five. 
came out. Uh-huh. Nice little iFanboy quote there on the cover, boys. So yeah, Sonya's words about a red herring made the cover. That's pretty cool. I did uh, a double take at the store. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write that. Oh. <laughs> Book of the month. Book of the month came to me. Luckily, this month, it's December, and there are holidays, so I could pick something based on the time. I was uh, surprised. So you, I was surprised you went in that direction because I didn't. Uh, you don't really. Because you a, think that I'm a, a huge Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I'm not. I don't totally. see you as the sentimental type. I am not outward about it. Oh, interesting. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. I don't like. I simple sentimentality doesn't get me, but real stuff does. Okay. How's that? I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Aren't you inside me? Uh, <laughs> oh, that was not PG. Uh, I went with, which is appropriate since this month's book of the month is a kidnapped Santa Claus, an L. Frank Baum story as adapted by Alex Robinson, whose work is not PG usually, except for this one is. I chose this book for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if you've noticed, it's a, it's a Christmas book. So there you go. Other than that, though. What's with the, the Christmas first- bias, by the way? Hmm? What's with the Christmas bias? You can't pick a... a what are you, Fox News? <laughs> you on. hate the Jewish people? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> My wife's Jewish. Damn it. Do you know and black two, people too? It's a, I, know, I, know this, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I, lived, I lived with one. I mean with him. <laughs> anyway. You know, that's a joke. Is your best I friend gay? My brother is. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue with the book. Alex Robinson. He draws pretty. You weren't supposed to out me. <laughs> Kidnap Santa Claus. The reason that I picked it is because at this time of year when people are giving a lot of gifts, I think this will make a really good gift to a bunch to, to a bunch of different kinds of people. For one thing, it's a, it's the kind of book that you can, you know, it's good for kids, but there's enough in it for adults that they could like it. I I, I don't want to say it's like Pixar, but that same sort of thing where, you know, it, it sort of works for both people. Two, it's not the content is not objectionable in any way, like a there's lot no of no nudity. He usually likes to throw a full frontal male nudity in his he books. He throws a lot of nudity in his books and they, you know, it deals with with adult subjects a lot, and this isn't that. What it is is uh, this: A Kidnap Santa Claus is a 1904 story written by L. Frank Baum, the same guy who wrote The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and it was originally 11 pages. And so from out of that, he got this 60, I think it's 67 page graphic novel. So you get to flesh it out a bit, a lot, and build in characters that weren't there, and just kind of have fun with it. And so there's these little touches of, of, of his personality as a cartoonist and his sense of humor that if you've liked from his other books, you're going to find them in here. But it's also kind of just a straight up sort of simple Christmas story. Uh, some demons want to ruin Christmas, so they, they kidnap Santa Claus and they figure that'll do it. But, you know, Santa's helpers, you know, they go and deliver everything on their own, but they don't have the list. Who gets what and who goes where? So, but they say, you know what, we got to do it anyway. So they just go and they deliver everything and they save Christmas. And there's like a tiny little cute love story that goes on between the one girl, Pixie, who's like an elf, and, you know, the guy, the guy helper. I forget his name. You know, and it's just cute. It's simple. And I think if, you know, little girls and little boys will really get a lot out of it. But I think it's one of those things that, you know, grown ups won't mind reading to their kids so much. And also, you know, it's just comics. It's good. It's cartoons and it, it's good stuff. And, you know, Alex has been around for a very long time and, and he knows how to draw a book and it's fun, but it's a little sort of nice size book. It really makes like a nice stocking stuffer. It's a good Christmas story. I had a lot of fun reading it basically and I just was – I was happy about the idea that it's just such a good sort of gateway thing, but you know, sort of only at this time of year. So <laughs> it's a good thing for people to know about. So I assume Alex Robinson's signature art thing isn't in this book because it's a children's book? Penises? Yes. <laughs> no, there's not a single penis. Is this his first work with no penis? Uh, it might be. Yeah, yeah. It might be. Yes. Yes, it is. So it doesn't come that. out of the shower? <laughs> Can you no hand point. me your ta- my towel, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> 
at no point has he had pedophilia in a book. I don't believe. Having a having a towel boy doesn't make you a pedophile. No, it's definitely not. That's what my lawyer told me. He does little things like there would be. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna push through. You'll see little little notes of characters from his other books that sort of show up in here in the forms of the demon, and and you know, you know, it's just it's just little fun things. There's some you know Star Wars references and stuff because that's the kind of stuff that he likes, and it's the stuff that's been in there. And uh, it's it's just a good little book. I you like know, it's, the it's, I like the idea of the modern updating of a older sto- story. I think that's good. I, yeah, public he, domain now is that what, was that why? I'm not sure. It must be, but uh, I know that. Like the original story didn't have much detail in it, so he got to put all this stuff in, you know. And they had to choose what stuff they wanted or not, you know. Like they're in the book, he, he doesn't live at the North Pole; he lives at the Laughing Valley. So they kept that in here, and there were some other things that they changed. So a lot of it, like the if you read the story, a lot of what has become the modern Santa myth has changed a lot now. Um, so he updated some of it and kept some of it. Um, I think I think Coca Cola is responsible for a lot of what we consider Santa <laughs> probably. Uh, I think it's true. No, I think it's true. Well, they sponsor they sponsor Santa now, right? Those, oh, them and the polar a long bears. time ago, they used to they used to have the yeah. ads. I think a lot, I think they they fleshed out the character in the ads. Yeah, the Norman Rockwell stuff. Yeah, but you can um, you can see pages from this on my fanboy at Josh's review. But also, we talked about it on the video show last week and the mm-hmm. gift show. So if you want to see pages, go check that out, and you can see for yourself that there are no penises it's anywhere. A, it's a nice little book. It really is. It's just no a, it's a it's a fun little story. It's not it's you know it's not going to win a Pulitzer Prize, but it, it makes a good gift for all sorts of different types of people, and, and it's just one of the it's one of the good comics. I guess I want to put it that way. Well, Alex is great. He's one of the he's one of the best, you know, kind of independent cartoonists around. I think, and so it's fun to see him do a little project like this. That's you know, yeah, and he's of, he's never adapted anything else. Yeah, um, this is the first thing that wasn't his story. So I think it was a challenge, but I think it worked out. Yeah, Ooh. awesome. So go to ifanboy.com and check out the book of the month review at the top of the page. And if you've got somebody special in your life, pick it up. I don't know where I'm going with that. Hi, bad segue. <laughs> On to the let's, email. Let's, let's slip a quick email in there. <laughs> let's slip it in there. Our, our, our oh, only, come on. Our only email comes from Neil, who writes, remember Not when... our only email, just the email we're doing Well, the, the only show. email on the show. I'm sorry. I wish it was. Our, e- a long backlog. our email comes from Neil, who writes, remember when Mark Miller was spreading around the rumor of an aborted Orson Welles Batman feature? Do you have any ideas for incredibly unlikely or even impossible comic book movies that you'd kill to see? Me, I'm thinking of a Wes Anderson movie about the Flash Rogues, with George Clooney as Captain Cold, Bill Murray as Captain Boomerang, and Jason Schwartzman as the new trickster. Maybe throw in a Wilson brother here and there as needed. Anyway, what do you got? This is I'm an interesting. I'm going to find a flamethrower backpack. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can light this whole place on fire. <laughs> it's like Bottle Rocket. I love Bottle Rocket. What happened to Luke Wilson, by the way? He's, He's on those AT&T commercials blown up like a damn blimp. That's a, that's that's a, that's a fascinating uh, question, actually. I never would have thought, thought Tangential of that. Tangential this has been in the, in the internet all week is the David Lynch interviews about Star Wars. Yep. You've seen that on the internet? He turned down Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yep. Which would have been fascinating. Well, considering that he went on to do Dune, that gives you an idea of maybe what would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we're better off for it. Thank you, Richard Marquand. Yeah. <laughs> greatest director. Uh, actually, Irvin Kirshner was the greatest director. Anyway. Yes. So I'd like to see an Irvin Kirshner version of... Oh, no. Hey, he did, did the most of the Bond movie that, that Connery came back in. Never seen very, him again. Yeah, these are very good Bond, uh, yeah, Bond he, No, He was a great... Honestly, in all seriousness, Irvin Kirshner was a great director. So pick a director and some, con- and some characters there. I wish I'd prepared for this. <laughs> I think um, you could do a street-level Scorsese film. With what characters? Well, take some street-level Marvel characters. Well, I was going to say a, a Quentin Tarantino ba- uh, Punisher. That, that would work. Cheap. Yeah, but that's cheap. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. But that would be good, though. Yeah. It needs that humor balance to it. Yeah. He could do, he could do a Garth Ennis story. Yeah. Who's really, like, idiosyncratic, like uh, Jim Jarmusch. 
Yeah. A black and white Jim Jarmusch film. Only about the private lives of the heroes. There's no costuming. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they just drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and <laughs> complain. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Coffee It'd be cool if, if if you wanted to actually if you want to turn it around and do that uh, Scorsese thing and have him do like uh, Alias, yeah, or something like that. I think that'd be really cool because of the because of the people that you could put around her and the way that you could shoot that. Okay, here you guys know a lot about movies. I'm gonna throw some directors and then you pick their. All right, give me a, a Zemeckis movie. Anybody? Fantastic really. Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. do a really good Fantastic Four. All right, Danny Boyle. Like the Doom Patrol or something like that. I love Danny Boyle. Yeah, I love Danny Boyle too. Danny he, everything he shoots is beautiful. Yeah. All right, uh, Christopher Guest. Metalman. Metalman. Interesting. Nice. Sofia Coppola. Pass. <laughs> she doesn't have a signature. Soderbergh. That's good. Um, it is uh, <laughs> like a big team book. You could do it. Or, well, yeah, but you could do if you did like Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah, you could do that. And you'd like that Clooney Brad Pitt. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Ooh, a Clooney Brad Brad Pitt Green Arrow Green Lantern. That'd be all doing the Danny O'Neill Neil Adams stuff. That'd be really. You have good. to de-age them a little, yeah. but. Yeah. That would um, be awesome because well, you could even Brad, you could just forward the story along and say it's their their their, their reason they're on the road trip is because they're at the end of their careers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one. Baz Luhrmann doing the Invisibles. I don't, I don't even yeah, well, Baz, Lur- Baz Luhrmann doing I, I anything, is, anything but... Morrison. I think that that, that those two yeah. pair really nicely. I think Phil. Yeah, the filth. Yeah. Anyway, that's a great question. That's, so. that's a good game you came up with there. Yeah. Way to save the segment, man. <laughs> what about the woman that directed The Punisher? <laughs> yeah. Lexi never Alexander? again. Never yes. again. Lexi Alexander. I'd, I'd like to see her take a go at a third Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> what about? <laughs> uh, what about Guillermo del Toro? Hellboy. Oh, okay, good, good answer. <laughs> what about Zack Snyder? <laughs> he doesn't count as a director. I know. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, all right. Shoot us your ideas for directors that could adapt movies or ask any other question at contact.ifanboy.com. When you said Zack Snyder, I think I was thinking about the guy from Scrubs. I'm going to take back my comment. You said Zack Braff. Zack Braff. Zack Snyder. Zack Braff directed a movie. Two movies. Ago. Two movies, whatever. Uh, how many movies you directed? <laughs> In his Four head? Months? More than that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So contact.ifanboy.com. Email us. Thank you. Zach Braff could do the Justice League, the uh, the Giffen era Justice League. Sure, like, sure, he, sure, he, he could. Like Scrubs. Sure, he only can. if he could use Coldplay in the first scene. Hey, uh, no, the shins. <laughs> I really still love that album. If you want to help iFanboy, if this is an important thing to you, there are lots and lots of ways to do it, and we want to thank everybody who does. Uh, you, as we said, you make everybody possible. And but if it is a thing that you've been thinking about, then please, you know, act on that and, and help us out. The easiest thing you can do, the best way to do it, would be to become an iFanboy member. I know you've heard about this a lot. iFanboy members, you can you can pay $4 a month or $42 for a year at one time, and you'll get an iFanboy prize pack, some buttons, some stickers, and a random comic book. Or you can be the super all-star member and go for $10 a month or $100 a year, and you'll get the same thing plus a T-shirt. You don't have to do that, but if you do, we, we really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's just one way that you can, that you can tell us that, that you know, this is important to you and you want it to keep going. And there may be a little something else for in it for the members. There's been, I mean, you, you, you can't deny, there's been some damn good stuff given away this year. Yeah. Signed, beautiful books, big hardcovers, original art. We're just going to do more of that. We know more people now than we did when we started that. So think about that for a little bit. Uh, I'm, one of the I'm other not things- lying when I say that I've got a stack up to my knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
stuff to give away to members. I'm looking. Yeah. Right What's now. really cool is that is that some of the creators have heard about what we've been doing, and now they're like offering us stuff, mm-hmm. right? like because they want to thank you all for reading their books. So that's that's a great way too. And then if, if if that's not your thing, and that's fine, we understand that. If you can't if you can't get in, uh, can't become a member, click on the banners at ifanboy.com. Visit the sponsors, the people that we talk about in these podcasts. We're not just doing it to bug people. They're sponsoring the show. So uh, help support them and let them know that iFanboy sent you along so that they keep supporting the show and things like that. Go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon anytime you want to buy anything from Amazon.com. And we get this question a lot. There's a little button that says Powered by Amazon under the search field. Click on that. It's going to take you to regular Amazon.com. And, and then if you want to go the extra mile, just bookmark that as your regular Amazon link. and You never have to worry about it again. And then we just get a little cut of something. It doesn't, you won't even notice it. it you won't feel a thing. Uh, you could also go to the iFanboy.com <laughs> slash store. Don't Famous worry, baby. Words. You won't feel a thing. iFanboy.com slash store, and you can buy any of the T-shirts. You know what? I don't think we're mentioning the Herm shirt anymore. Yeah, we're not. No, we're not. They're gone. Yep. You, if, you, if you waited, you missed your chance. But we have the Battle Pug shirt. That's a $20 shirt with original art of a barbarian on a pug by Mike Norton, superstar artist, good, good man. And then there's the Power and Responsibility shirt, and those are those are picking up. They're, they're going there's, been a, there's been a run on them, it could even be said. So there's some of those left. Those are $15, and you can do that. Again, thank you, everybody, for supporting the show, for listening to the show, to whatever it is you do. We need you. We couldn't do it without you, and we, we are eternally grateful. Thank you. That's all. Josh just mentioned the giveaways. We do members' giveaways, and you have to be a member to be eligible for these giveaways. We've been doing them every episode this month, and last week we gave away the four criminal trades to a criminal in his own right, D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I know your game, D.B. Cooper, and I'm <laughs> on to you. Me and Tommy Lee Jones are on to you. <laughs> this week, the Funimation Prize Pack, which includes Beck, Afro Samurai, Vexil, and Wishblade DVDs. There's like six DVD sets in this giveaway. That's insane. And the winner of this giveaway is... Luke Whelan or Whelan. All right. Congratulations. Luke Whelan or Whelan. You're the winner of the Funimation Prize Pack giveaway. Next week is the Grand Image Comics giveaway, which includes the Image United blank cover with a sketch from Eric Larson and signed cover. It's a sketch of a dragon. Yep. You can see a picture of that on iFanboy.com right at the top. Which you're going to have to pry from my cold, dead hands. But also, yeah. in addition to that, you're getting, you're getting about eight <laughs> trades. Yeah. I love Ron's chocolate fingerprints all over. <laughs> it's a, I tried to wipe it off, and it's smeared. I've been keeping that until somebody wins it, and every day I kind of look at it, and I'm like, oh, Larson's so good. Speaking of, speak, well, speak. Do you actually, own any Dragon Pages? No, he doesn't sell them. Oh, that's weird. What did he do with them? He's got 10 years or 15 years. It's, that, it's his opus. It's his, it's his thing. Yeah, they didn't sell, he doesn't sell that. Does he have oh, them all wow. bound together in a huge book in his house? No, I think I think they're actually in a large stack in the image office, actually. I think he tweeted a picture. They were getting ready to do one of those archive editions, and there's literally like a four-foot stack of original pages. <laughs> so. And they're all hand-lettered. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, the holidays are coming up. You might have noticed. I think we mentioned it about 8,000 times this past show. We want to let you know about our schedule going forward because people want to surprise you or schedule for those of our uh, UK friends. A couple weeks from now, December 27th, there is going to be no... Pick of the Week show, that is a Sunday after Christmas. Instead, you will be getting our annual year-end all-media spectacular where we talk about all of our favorite stuff that happened. There will be some comics in there. There will be some things. But, but that will be that show. third year of that. Yeah. Fourth year of that. Fourth wow. Year of that, yeah. That's insane. That's, that is spectacular. Yeah. And then the next week, January 3rd, we, there will not be a Pick of the Week show, not because we don't love you, but because there's no new comics that week. Because so, Diamond hates you. Diamond doesn't like you. Uh, plus, you know, sometimes we, we take a week off. We, yeah. don't, we, don't, we don't get to do that that much, right? And you're all thinking, oh, you didn't do the video show forever. And I say, we were still working, buddy, just because you weren't paying attention, sir. If you were around last year, you know, we, we took the weekend between Christmas and New Year's off. We probably do that regularly. That's what we're doing again. Just This year just so happens 
Diamond did the same thing this year. Yeah. <laughs> they took a cue from us for a change. But there's one book coming out from DC that no one knows what it is. Yeah. Interesting. And it's going to be interesting because there's a good chance that we'll know about it the week before because that's when it's actually shipping and we'll see if any retailers screw it up and start well, selling the, it. Well, the retailers had to sign an affidavit saying they wouldn't sell oh, it. Oh, I, I got a strong feeling that there's at least one retailer in the New York City area that's going to that's gonna sell it. <laughs> so if you live in the village, you, you know where to go. Yeah. But anyway, that's speculation. I don't know anything for sure. So there's no books that week. There's no show that week. Yeah. Enjoy your holiday weekend time. Yes, exactly. But there are comics coming out over the next few weeks, and you're not going to want to miss them. And in fact, uh, speaking of not missing, come Monday, the aforementioned Eric Larson comes on iFanboy Talks Below Don't Miss to talk about the next issue project number two, Silver Streak Comics number 24, Eric Larson's Golden Age uh, anthology series. The second issue has been coming out. Uh, is coming out on, on this coming Wednesday. So I talked to Eric for a long while, and you get to hear about his love for the Golden Age comics and, and a lot of history about them. And, and there's some, I uh, read the issue already. It's really awesome. If you're a fan of comics you should pick that up so be sure to go to itunes search for ifanboy subscribe to the don't miss one or go to ifanboy.com tomorrow to download it yes and make sure you go to ifanboy.com that website is our pride and joy you can read the pick of the week podcast that connor wrote and the discussion that takes place underneath it and then all the other articles that go up all the time a lot of news this week from dc basically a lot of news they, yeah. they put out a lot of news and it was dc went, news news week yeah. and marvel yeah. just went no it's cool go for it we'll just hang back that's totally fine. <laughs> and there's all that sort of great stuff. You can go to ifimbo.com slash about. You can see who we all are. You can see some lovely pictures that look better than we do in real life. And you can see the social networking links on how to hook up with us and other places on the internet, which sounded dirtier than it was. Plus, you can watch the video show there. That is back. It is in full steam, full swing, as you know. <laughs> this last week was the Fight. holiday. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> this last week was the holiday gift guide. We went through... 13 different books that you can get for different types of people who like different things or just all stuff you want to read for yourself. All good books. And then this next week coming up, you know who's a big guy in cartooning? Jeff Smith. Yep. So a little something about that. Yeah, it's going to be good. If you, wanna, if you like Jeff Smith, you're going to want to check out this episode. That's for sure. Or if you've always wanted to know. Yep. Know what? <laughs> or something. Anything. <laughs> You can also read Josh's book of the month review too. It's, it's also on ifanboy.com. Uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy. I'm holding the microphone now like an old crooner. I <laughs> like Bing, like Bing Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it on the table anymore. I'm holding it. Ba 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 boom. I do that. You can leave a message for I'm us at eight eight fanboys. It's three two six two six nine seven. That's our voicemail line. Any comments, questions, or concerns, or if you want to sing to us, hey Bill, if you don't mind, break down the reverb on that a little bit. I just want to. Oh, that's nice. Go ahead. I'm done with my part. <laughs> oh, blackest night, pickaboo. All right, if you like that, then go to iTunes and write a review of this show as well as the iFanboy Don't Miss Show, as well as the iFanboy Video Show. <laughs> Let people know about it. Spread the word. Help us out. We really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> this is our, what, our third week in a row of going off the rails? <laughs> We keep doing it late at night. It's just keep happening. We got a we got a blaze new trails, you know. Yeah, I feel like one one time and one time only we should record at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm down for that. Just see what happens. Josh isn't. That's gonna mess my whole day up. One time though, Josh, you could do it for one time. I bet. Where you. were you guys when I had insomnia last week? You could, I could, <laughs> like I, I'm laying in bed, just mind. Yeah, but you would have been funny. You would have been depressed. We need three a.m. Josh. Be funny is depressed. That week, a few weeks ago, when shit went crazy, <laughs> I was. I had a rope around my neck the whole time. You don't know. I'm like Lenny Bruce. Uh, oh boy. All right then. On that note. On that, on that high note. <laughs> happy holidays. Happy Christmas. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got one more show and then Christmas. This time of year is stressful. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. As I just say, thanks everybody for coming along and listening. Good night. I'm Josh. They're singing deck the halls, but it's not like Christmas at all.